1: Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Happy Hump Day. Hope everyone's having a good week. Week is half over. The weekend is closer than it has been at any point so far this week. So I'm counting the days. I'm eager to get to the weekend. Just picked up a Blackstone griddle. Going to do some grilling over the week. I'm excited about it. Uh, let me know in the comment section what you're planning to do this weekend. Any good Uh, plans I'm eager to hear it because we got to get as I didn't get that
0: invite I didn't get that invite and I'm upset
1: well no you owe me dinner I don't owe you dinner
0: one or two let's not talk about that here
1: you owe me like a week's worth of steak dinners um (laughs) we got we gotta laugh as much as we can because coming up in the next hour hour and a half Joe Biden will be giving an address to the nation outlining new gun control executive orders he's signing And again, calling on Congress to enact further gun control, what actually amounts to the most radical package of gun control bills ever introduced in American history. We're talking about assault weapons ban, which isn't just AR-15s. It includes pistols. It includes shotguns, banning hundreds of types of guns, millions of copycat firearms, banning, I'm talking about confiscation, registration, which is just a precursor to confiscation. That's all he's calling for that. His executive orders will be slightly different. We'll cover that in in the first hour as we lead up to his address. But I want to give you a chance to call in 888-441-1121 is our number. And the question today is actually very simple. What do you think, and I'm putting up uh, the poll on Facebook, but this is the question that we're going to be taking the first hour. What do you think is responsible for the surge in violent crime that we're seeing around the country? Nationwide, there is a 25% increase in murder over the previous year. That's significant. Pretty much, there's 66, out of the 66 largest police departments, the cities with the largest police departments in the country, out of the 66 largest police departments, 63 of those jurisdictions reported at least one violent crime seeing a massive increase as a percentage of the previous year. So across the country, it's not just a New York thing. It's not just a Chicago thing. We talked about this on the show. What happened in Chicago over the weekend of of a a Puerto Rican couple being just assassinated in the street for daring to fly the flag, uh, the Puerto Rican flag, outside their window. It's not just a city, a big city thing. It's happening across the country. So the question I am posing, and we put the poll on Facebook. People are taking it. What do you think is responsible for the surge in violent crime? Do you think it's leftist violence? Do you think it's defund the police? Or do you think it's law-abiding gun owners? Now, if you're Joe Biden, his answer is law-abiding gun owners. He's looking at violent crime surging around the country, and he's not having a come-to-Jesus moment, a period of self-reflection where he's saying, hey, you know what? Maybe defund the police isn't working. Maybe police stand-downs aren't working. Maybe letting leftist mobs riot and burn down neighborhoods isn't working. No, he's not having that kind of self-reflection. He's blaming gun owners. He's blaming gun sellers. He's saying this is a gun problem which as we'll cover in this first hour leading up to his big address in the second hour, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So I want to get your take on this. Colin, what do you think is responsible for the rise and surge in violent crime? Colin, 888-441-1121. So let's, uh, let's get started with CNN. This is CNN reporting on the upcoming Biden executive orders. Let's
2: go ahead and play cut number one. President Joe Biden will announce a plan today outlining a strategy to curb the surge in violent crimes in many American cities. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration's focus will be tackling gun violence in the upcoming summer months.
3: There are major cities across the country where gun violence is absolutely the driver, where it is absolutely increasing. And that will be a central part of what he'll talk about when he delivers his remarks.
2: Biden's address will come after a private meeting with Attorney General Merrick Garland, local officials, law enforcement and community leaders, all looking to fix the problem as homicide rates in cities like New York, Los Angeles and Chicago have all increased from the same point last year and the year before though violent crime is down nationwide from where it was five and ten years ago. Now the president plans to sign executive actions aimed at reducing gun crimes, officials say. This comes after he signed six gun control related executive actions in April.
4: Gun violence in this country is an epidemic. Let me say it again. Gun violence in this country is an epidemic
2: and it's an international embarrassment. With limited power to impose sweeping gun control reform, officials say Biden's planning to urge Congress to take action, a call the president has repeated to his Capitol Hill colleagues time and time again since taking office.
4: I don't need to wait another minute, let alone an hour, to take common sense steps that will save the lives in the future and to urge my colleagues. In the so I, to I add, can't do it
1: anymore. Either. I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. First of all, anytime you hear an anti-gun politician say common sense, anything that follows is not common sense. It's as uncommon as it could possibly get. Listen, the founding fathers knew a day like this was going to come. They knew a day would come when the government would become so tyrannical, so out of touch with its citizens' problems that they, the government would seek to disarm the citizenry. So the founders enshrined the Second Amendment. The founders didn't give you the right to keep and bear arms. That's a pre-existing natural God-given right, the right to self-defense. That's a that's a right that is basic among all human beings. I mean, if you look at political philosophy and you look at John Locke or, or, or any of those other philosophers, the whole purpose of government is to take us away from anarchy. Anarchy is you live in the wilderness and there's a couple other cabins around you and someone steals from you. Well, how are you going to get your stuff back? Well, you're going to go out and do vigilante justice. Eye for an eye justice. It's, it, it, it's unsustainable, right? You can't just have people killing each other and stealing their stuff over and over and over again. So the whole concept of government, according t- to John Locke, is to create a system where you give up just enough of your rights, liberties, and privileges to allow the government to res- to have some order, right? So you don't have eye for an eye retributive justice, but the the government turns around and uses that power to protect your rights. But among all of the rights, liberties and privileges that humans that Americans have ceded to the federal government, at no point did we ever give up our right to self-defense. We give up the right to to track down whoever stole our goat and murder him for it. Yeah, that's not allowed in in a civilized society. It's just not, you can't have that. You can't have goat stealing, but you also can't have goat stealing being a a capital (laughs) offense. At no point though, do we ever give up the right to defend ourselves should we be attacked. It's not government's role to defend you. That's the biggest lie the left has ever told, that it's government's job to keep you safe, government's job to keep you fed, government's job to keep you happy. It's not. You have the right to pursue your own happiness, right? You have the right to defend yourself. It's not government. Anyone who's ever served as a police officer know that, yeah, sure, sometimes you stop crimes from occurring, and that's great, but more often than not, the police are called after the crimes already occurred, and they're not going to stop you from getting murdered. They're going to draw the chalk outline around your body and maybe try to find your killer. So you, Americans have never given up our right to self-defense, and we never will. The founders took that basic, inalienable, God-given right and enshrined it in the Constitution as the Second Amendment when they said, hey, you know what? The Constitution's not good enough. We need to do a better job protecting individual rights. They did the First Amendment, which is very long, all-encompassing. The second thing they chose to enumerate, was the right to self-defense. And they knew a day would come when the federal government would try to take that away. And they knew that as long as Americans are armed and are trusted to own arms, the American people will always be a free people and never a subjugated people. Which is why days like today are so unnerving because Joe Biden's not gonna, it's not gonna be a, a full sweep. He's not gonna just get rid of the Second Amendment today. But this is the second big gun control executive order announcement that we've seen in just a couple months, as CNN so pointed out. Every, every step is a chip, 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 chip away. And it's not a play on words since his nominee, David Chipman would really chip away at your Second Amendment rights. It, it, it's an incremental assault on your ability to defend yourself, your loved ones, and your community. They don't want you to be able to defend yourself, your loved ones, or your community, they want you just apparently to die because while you're not trusted with arms, they also want to defund the police and take away the police officers' weapons so that no one can defend you. <laughs> I mean, that's how stupid all of this is. So we're going to get into this of, of what's really causing this violent crime surge. Uh, <laughs> remind any, any Democrats watching, you should probably keep watching because <laughs> it's not gun owners that are doing this. It's not. I promise you. Well, right there. Hit the share button. Hit the share button. Yeah, we encourage you to hit the share button and send the podcast to like-minded people. Hit the share button and, sh- and send it to everyone because whether you are pro-gun or anti-gun, it is insane to blame this surge in violent crime that has happened right alongside the demonization and defunding of police to blame it on law-abiding gun owners. So hit the share button if you haven't already. Continue to comment and, uh, and, and share it far, far and wide. Well, Nancy Pelosi was uh, was was talking about HR one. HR one is is the bill designed to change the election laws. It failed in the Senate. They didn't have enough votes. Good job. We did that. That wasn't a, give, a given. There were a lot of Republicans who wanted to vote for this monstrosity in the Senate, and we stopped it. So, everyone, briefly, before we get back into Joe Biden's attempt to, to dismantle our fundamental. Rights and liberties, give yourself a brief pat on the back because without your activism, and I truly mean this without your activism, this bill probably would have passed. There's a lot of spineless, mushy Republicans who bought into the lie that attempts to secure elections are somehow racist. Well, you joined our Fax Blast campaigns and you held their feet to the fire. And I can proudly and happily say that right now HR one is dead. Now it might come back in another form. You might see a compromise, and and when GOP tries to compromise, we'll be right there to stop them. Not because we hate the idea of compromise, but because the idea of compromising on a bill that is quite literally an attempt to steal the country, it's untenable, right? And then that's why we don't compromise on gun control. The GOP has been compromising on gun control for far too long. They compromised in the 30s. They compromised in the 80s. They compromised in the 90s. They compromised in the early 2000s. Every time you compromise with someone, every time you meet someone halfway, if you do it over and over and over again, if you compromise and meet someone halfway just four times in a row, after that fourth compromise, the other side gets almost 94% of what they want. Think about that. Yeah, that, that math works out. You, you, you multiply 0.5 by itself four times and you get almost 94% the other side getting what they want. That's We're done. We've been compromising for too long. And you can't compromise with another side when their literal goal is the disarmament of the American people. How do you meet someone halfway on that? Oh, we'll only let you half disarm us? No, there's no room for compromise there which is why this clip of Nancy Pelosi is so terrifying because she's talking about HR1 about about the attempt to rewrite all of the election laws in the country and she just naturally pivots to gun control and she's talking about the need to pass legislation until we eliminate gun violence let's listen to this let's play cut number 2
5: today again also marks 6 years since the racist attack on Mother Emanuel Church in Charleston. This all comes down to the gun violence issue, and as we keep saying, we are not going away until we we pass legislation uh, to stop gun violence. And we will have a better chance to do it if we pass H.R. One. Clearly, the Republicans in Congress are handmaidens of the gun gun industry, and they have prevented us from passing. And although it's bipartisan, it's not enough for us to pass it uh, in the Senate. So, again, the For the People Act is really important for many reasons, including the personal safety of America's families. You
1: hear that? They want to pass H.R. 1 so that they can pass gun control. Why? Because H.R. 1, they're just saying it out loud now. They're not even pretending the hr1s about fair elections they want hr1 because it will ensure democrat victories and with democrat victories they hope they will have the numbers to ram this stuff down your throat they're not even pretending and she's out there saying the goal that we will not she says we will not go away until we pass legislation to stop gun violence well she's not talking about reducing gun violence i'm sure that there's if we want to come out this with a truly fair bipartisan non-Second Amendment violative approach, right? If you want to meet me halfway without the Second Amendment being on the table at all, I'm sure we could come up with some legislation that wouldn't violate Americans' rights and help reduce illegal guns being used in crime. I'm sure that conservatives and liberals could come together on that. The problem is liberals refuse to acknowledge the fact that (laughs) it's illegal guns. They want to blame the legal guns and legal gun owners. But if, if we wanted to talk about reducing Gun crime, gun violence, yes, I'm sure we could find some common ground there. But she's not talking about reducing. She's talking about stopping, stopping, eliminating. There is no way to eliminate gun violence. Even in in countries where guns are banned, there is still gun violence. There's over 300 million guns in the United States. You can't confiscate them all. Criminals will always have them. And if the criminals don't have them, they'll just steal them. I don't know who posted that meme in DLive of Nancy Bill Colorado mom. That's a very disturbing disturbing gif of Nancy Pelosi with with bugged out eyes. We we sorry, just it just distracted me. I saw that scrolling up my screen and I had I had to look at it. You can't take 300 million guns and just ban them. And even if you did, anyone who's allowed to own guns, criminals will just steal them or they'll build them themselves. Right? I mean, th- th- we see that in Mexico. They say, oh, yeah, American, American guns fuel gun violence in Mexico. We know what's also happening in Mexico. The cartels are building their own AK-47s. Because as I've, we've shown on the podcast in the past, you can take a rusty shovel and turn it into an AK-47 as long as you have the parts kits. The, a shovel can be turned into a functional firearm. So this whole notion that, oh, we're going to stop gun violence, it's never going to happen. But they set this unattainable goal because then when their gun control doesn't work, they say, oh, it's because it didn't go far enough, right? Chicago, over 50 people shot last weekend alone, five dead. Chicago has the strictest gun control laws in the country. Every single gun control law that the left has ever thought up, they've tried it in Chicago and they're still shooting each other. And they say, oh no, it's not the it's, it's not that. It's it's the law-abiding gun owners and the gun stores in Indiana. That's who's to blame. Which is yes, that's that's one of the executive orders that Joe Biden is signing today. Let's let, let's get into that. Go to go to my screen, Mr. Producer. This is the fact sheet of the fact sheet of the Biden Harris administration <laughs> announcing comprehensive strategy to prevent and respond to gun crime and ensure public safety. Yada, 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 gibberish, gibberish, lies. Here we go. These are the big ones right here. The comprehensive strategy will include five executive orders, and the goals of those executive orders will be the following. Stem the flow of firearms used to commit violence, including by holding rogue firearm dealers accountable for violating federal laws. Rogue dealers. Well, we don't quite know what that means yet, but they're either going after bona fide gun stores, Or they're going after private citizens who are selling their firearm collections. Most likely, it's going to be the second. I think it's probably going to be a combination of the two. But Kamala Harris promised that if she was elected, she would go after private citizens selling their gun collections and force them to register as a gun store, which is functionally impossible. You can't just become a gun store. Lots of people do. It just takes a lot of paperwork, a lot of licensing. Um, It's not easy just overnight to become a gun store. It's, It's very, very difficult. So that's the first one, support local law enforcement with federal tools and resources to help address summer violent crime. So apparently not winter violent crime. They're not going to be worrying about the Jesse Smollett violent crime that happens in sub-degree weather where Africans throw a noose around another black man and pretend to be a Trump supporter. They're not going to worry about winter violent crime. They're just worried about summer violent crime. Important part about this is they are going to refund, not like, like give the money back. They're going to, the opposite of defund, they're going to refund the police, but only for programs that combat gun violence. (laughs) So defund the police, except for the disarmament wing. (laughs) Okay. Invest in evidence-based community violence interventions. This one is always terrifying because they're talking about going after people who are potential perpetrators before they've committed a crime, which sounds an awful lot like red flag laws, sounds an awful lot about prosecuting someone before you can even prove they've done anything wrong, which listen, there's lots of people out there who probably should not own guns. And if if they're going to commit an attack, it would be great to disarm them. The problem is when you give the government the power to disarm a uh, uh, (laughs) non-criminal by arguing that they're going to commit a crime in the future, of which you do not even have sufficient evidence to charge them with that crime, it gives the government way too much power. It gives the government the power to just disarm whoever they want for any reason without having to prove they've done anything wrong, which is something we absolutely cannot allow. And then these are these are ones that aren't that bad actually. Expanding summer programming, employment opportunities and other services and supports for teenagers and young adults basically give teenagers something to do other than joining a gang and then help formally incarcerated individuals successfully reenter their communities. Those two last ones, relatively nice. I mean, I can get behind that, right? That probably could work. The first three though, are designed to chip, chip, chip away at your second amendment. Rights. It's, it's exactly what they're trying to do, which is why it is more important than ever. I'm going to take down my screen now. More important than ever to mention that this podcast is sponsored by We the People Holsters. Now is the time to get your holster people. And if you aren't already licensed to carry a firearm, you should get on that. We the people holsters are 100% made in America. How many? How often do you hear that nowadays? 100% made in America and custom molded to fit your exact firearm. You tell them what kind of firearm you have and they'll give you a custom made in America holster that will fit your firearm. And if it doesn't, if it snags, if, it, if it's loose, send it back. They'll give you a new one there's really no risk at all. They guarantee that the, that it will have a a quick and smooth draw. They have thousands of different options and configurations to choose from, plus a selection of custom printed holsters including a line with real tree camouflage. Now while you're there make sure you check out the bacon jerky. Yeah, I said that, the bacon jerky. the Patriotic shirts and their new EDC tactical gun belt, all of which is manufactured 100% in the United States. So show your support for this great American company by going to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD right now. And if you use promo code CD10, you get $10 off your order, not 10%, $10. So you buy a $40 holster, you use promo code CD10, bam, that's now a $30 holster. And uh, this one's a little bit more than 40 because it has a nice design on it, but they're really nice holsters. They fit great, smooth draw. I wouldn't be recommending this if I hadn't already been wearing this on a daily basis. So again, go to wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD, wethepeopleholsters.com forward slash CD and use promo code CD10 to get $10 off your order. This is, it, it's so timely, right? Because it's up to all of us to defend ourselves. Like the police aren't going to be there. I'm sure there's a lot of officers who would love to be there, right? But it's not the police officer's job to protect you. It's your job. They're the ones you call after you've protected yourself, after you've dispatched the threat. So yeah, if if you haven't already gotten your license to carry, I mean, look at what's going on around us. You should get on that. And in Texas, starting September 1st, you won't need a license to carry. If you're legally allowed to own a gun, you'll be legally allowed to carry it. More importantly, they've gotten rid of the requirement under Texas law that requires a gun be holstered in a holster that's connected to your belt or your shoulder. So now you can conceal carry um, in other ways. A drop leg holster, you can put it on your chest. Other ways that you can conceal an open carry, which is very, very good news for everyone in Texas. So let, let, let's get back into this. I have a couple of clips of of what they're what they're talking about. I don't think I want to play it. This is propaganda. Well, let's play one of them. This is the propaganda that's airing around the country. This is in, in South Carolina, where in in South Carolina murders are up twenty five percent, national average, but they're up twenty five percent. That's un, unbelievable. This is the propaganda that they're airing on the news in South Carolina. Let's play cut number three.
0: Well, gun safety advocates and local law enforcement teaming up for a crackdown on illegal guns. It comes at a time when gun violence is on the rise here in the Midlands, particularly a young, among young people. Our Simone said has more on the call to action the group is putting out to lawmakers and the general public.
5: Nate was kind, handsome, smart.
3: He never, ever talked back to me. He was a very hard worker. Roberta McElvin, remembering her only son, 21-year-old Nathaniel McElvin, who was gunned down on Martha Street in Columbia in November of 2013. Nathaniel was sitting on his best friend's front porch at the time. He had just got his CDL license. He was
5: going to pick his truck up that Sunday. He was like a big, giant teddy bear. He loved mama. He was a mama's boy.
3: Roberta, one of a growing number of gun safety advocates, pushing for universal background checks for gun dealers and buyers, including at gun shows and individual sales. 2015 to 2019, over 12,000 guns that were used in crimes in other states were linked back to South Carolina. We are primarily uh, calling and encouraging people to call our senators, uh, Senator Graham and Senator Scott, to encourage them to vote for the background checks bill patty tuttle of mom's demand action joining uh, i cut it kind of sheriff cut it.
2: leon Lott do, do, in a camp-
1: do you see how they are muddying the issues this was a gun crime that happened in south carolina but they're now saying that south carolina is also responsible for every other state's violent crime so it's not even a south carolina problem they're, they're saying it's a, it's a nationwide but south carolina is to blame listen i i hate doing this i hate doing this but that was pure propaganda. Now. Every, I cannot imagine what it would feel like to lose a child i I, I can't I, it, it breaks my heart just thinking about losing one of my sons and I, I don't fault anyone for for remembering their child in the best light possible I, I don't I don't hold it against anyone but that story you just heard is not the truth. It is not the whole truth It is not nothing but the truth. Go ahead to my screen, Mister Producer. This was a this was a relatively old shooting back in 2015. It was it was two years old in 2015, so it was a 2013 shooting. Arrest made in two-year-old shooting death. That's not the that the victim was a two-year-old. That's just that the cold case had gone for two years in Columbia, South Carolina. So Nathaniel McKelvin is is the is the young man who was mentioned in that in that propaganda piece. He was shot when he was uh, sitting on his porch. That's absolutely right. But it was not a random act of violence. In fact, the police chief, Skip Holbrook at the time, deliberately made an effort to point that out. He says, while a motive has not been determined, the shooting was not a random act of violence and it has ties to gang activity. So again, I I don't know what Nathaniel McKelvin was up to. I don't know if he got caught up in the wrong crowd. But they're saying this was not just random violence. This wasn't just someone shot for sitting on their porch. This looks like it was gang retribution, gang versus gang. Which I understand. No mother wants to remember their their late child as a gang member. I, I get that. But when you're talking about disarming the rest of us because of of a gang turf war, probably where illegal guns were used, it it just it's BS. And you got to call it on it being BS. And again, no disrespect to anyone who's lost a loved one, but that doesn't give you the right or the privilege to play fast and loose with the facts and to push propaganda. I feel very bad for these for these family members. Obviously, they lost a loved one. I also feel very bad that they're now being used for propaganda by the anti-gun left. Shame on them. Shame on them for dragging them in front of the cameras and shame on them, the ones that want to do it. So I'm not going to play the other ones, but this kind of stuff is airing around the country, all in a push to get Congress to pass more gun legislation. Now, uh, we're not going to spend too much time getting into the actual bills. We covered them at length. you are talking about the assault weapons ban, which is not your 1994 ban. It includes pistols, shotguns, non-AR-15 rifles. You're talking about legislation, universal background checks, which is nothing but a universal registration bill because if if you require people to notify the government every time a gun changes hands then the guns going to be able to cr- the government's going to be able to create a registry of everyone who acquires or lets go of a gun that information can be used for future confiscations world history has taught us that every time a government has ever required its citizens to register its guns that registry was eventually used to disarm the people 100% 100% happens every single time in world history so when Democrats want the same thing you know what their end game is but they're saying all this is necessary because of violent crime violent crime sur- surging let's uh l- let's check and see the poll I want to see how the polls doing this is a really interesting poll question <laughs> I want to see okay we got I'll, I'll put the results in the video right now pause it briefly. 71% of respondents believe that leftist violence is the cause for the surge in violent crime. 35, uh, 29% say defund the police. And 0%, zero people say law-abiding gun owners are to blame. And listen, you're not wrong on either of those two. They both play a role. I'm just curious on who, uh, what people think is more responsible than the others. I'll reopen the poll so anyone can keep taking that if you're watching on Facebook. So... Let's uh, let's get into this with Jen Psaki, the circle back girl, my favorite, my favorite person ever. Jen Psaki was asked about the crime surge during the White House press conference. And yes, yeah, she blamed guns. She said Joe Biden blames guns. Let's play cut number five
3: to stand up and do the same. Shouldn't be a partisan issue. Go ahead. Oh, thank you, Jen. Um, I have two topics for you. Yeah. Um, the first, I um, wanted to ask you about crime. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and Is I wanted to understand, is there a concern at the White House that there could be an increase in crime this summer with the, you know, with the pandemic lifting? And is that concern the reason that the president is going to weigh in uh, this week? No, the the reason is that there's been actually a rise in crime over the last five years, but really the last eighteen months, uh, and so. It's an opportunity for the President to speak to what he's going to do to help address that. And as we've seen around the country, it is a concern of many Americans, uh, Republicans, but also Democrats, too. Not necessarily through a partisan lens. It was something that President felt it was appropriate to speak to and tell the American people what he's doing to help address. Would he be approaching this a little differently than he did perhaps in 94 when there was another prime wave that Democrats responded to? Can you talk to how his approach might change? Well, I'm not going to get ahead of uh, his comments or remarks um, later this week, um, but uh, it is an area where the president feels uh, a lot, a great deal of the crime we're seeing as a result of gun violence. Uh, ex- you can expect he'll speak to that uh, and his commitment to continuing to address gun violence and gun safety uh, in the country. Uh, and certainly uh, a long time has passed uh, since the uh, crime bill in 94. He's spoken himself to uh, differences, things he would stand by, things he would might do differently. Uh, uh, but I would see it, go this go as it. a.
1: A long time has passed since Joe Biden stood up and said, lock up all the black people. He has regrets. <laughs> so this was a couple days ago, obviously, that that question. And yeah, they, they're blaming guns. They're blaming guns for the surge in violent crime. And they're, and they're actually said that violent crime has been rising for five years. Yeah. Pay no attention to the riots that were burning down entire neighborhoods. That's not why the, the arson rate, skyrocketed, right? That's not why arson is up in all of the major cities that had a Black Lives Matter riot or pro- protest, peaceful protest. That has nothing to do with that. It's actually guns. Well Peter Ducey was in the White House briefing room and wanted her to explain because sure you can I guess you could blame guns for murders, since the majority of the murders are, I guess, being committed with guns. But there are lots of categories of violent crime that are surging in which guns typically aren't involved, such as Car theft, not car jacking, just car theft, where you, someone steals a car right off the street, doesn't shoot anyone, just steals it and drives away. Rape, which I mean, I sometimes, sometimes guns are involved in rapes, but a lot of times they aren't. Other other crimes are just surging. A, a complete disrespect for the rule of law. And POC asks her, well, how do you say that guns are responsible for crimes that don't involve guns? And she just again circles back and blames guns. Again, let's play cut six.
3: Go ahead.
0: Thanks, Jen. Uh, you said yesterday the president feels a lot, a great deal of the crime we're seeing is a result of gun violence, but the stats show it's not just gun crimes. So why does the president think there's been a 30% increase in car thefts in DC, 40, 47% increase in robbery in New York City, or a 98% increase in rapes in Atlanta?
3: Well, first, I think if you look at a number of cities across the country, it is actually driven by gun violence. Um, Take St. Louis. In 2021, 96 percent of homicides Uh, where the instrument is known, were committed using a firearm. In New York City, uh, from March 2020 to March 2021, shooting incidents have jumped 77 percent. The city recorded more than 1,500 shootings in 2020, 97 percent more than 777 in 2019. There are major cities across the country where gun violence is absolutely the driver, where it is absolutely increasing. And that will be a central part of what he'll talk about when he delivers his remarks tomorrow.
0: And given everything that is going on, with guns, without guns, does the president still think that this is the best time to end cash bail?
3: Uh, I don't think I have a any new position on that for you, but I'm happy to check and see if there's anything more to report. Uh, so, that's kind so of
0: stated position from his website, so, which is
3: so
1: great. It was a great question from Peter Ducey. Well, are are you blaming guns for the rise in rapes in Atlanta or car or car thefts in D.C.? And she responds by saying, "Well." Nine, what was it? Ninety-six, something, ninety-something percent of murders in St. Louis, where the instrument is known, were committed with a firearm. Well, uh, let's unpack that. Let's unpack, unpack that language, where the instrument is known. So, if someone's stabbed, and you don't know what they were stabbed with, they were stabbed, but the instrument of their stabbing is unknown. So that wouldn't be included. We include that. If someone was beaten with a blunt force by some random object but you don't know what it was, was it a brick? Was it a rock? Can't tell. That wouldn't be included. Strangled. Was it a rope? Was it was it piano wire? Who knows? Can't include that. So right there, they're taking they're they're fudging the numbers. Like you can you can massage statistics to say whatever you want to say as long as you know how to do it. So yeah, the only real I mean some of them it's very obvious what what people were stabbed with or bludgeoned with but when someone comes in with a gunshot wound you know it was a gun when someone comes in with a laceration you can't tell what they were stabbed or sliced with you can't you can't <laughs> so they just completely make up the numbers it, it's despicable it really it really is so earlier in the show we played that clip of Joe Biden saying that that gun violence is a international embarrassment. Well, here is Vladimir Putin just a couple days ago talking about Joe Biden's responsibility for gun crime in America. Yes, this is translated, so pay attention to the translator talking over him. Let's play cut number seven
5: Did that. Uh, President Biden uh, rang me. We explained things. He pre- that he proposed that we meet as a result of that in Geneva. And I think that the ensuing discussion was very constructive. And uh, I think that uh, this is a very experienced uh, politician. Uh, we had a, uh, for almost two hours, and that is not something you do in such a detailed way way with many politicians. As far as the other point is uh, concerned, uh, you remember that uh, his uh, predecessor had a different view and this one decided uh, to act uh, differently and his reply was different from Trump's. You know, in principle, everything that happen in, happens in our countries, one way or another, um is the responsibility of the leaders themselves. Who look at the streets of America? Every single day there are shootings and killings. You you, you don't have time to open your mouth and you're shot dead. Or you remember the man who um, shot the woman in, in, in the back wall who drove his car over her? And then there was that shooting at the wedding. Let's say it was an error, because that happens too. But shooting... All right, let's cut Helicopters...
1: It's a little too long-winded. The point being, it's a national embarrassment. Because world leaders are out there blaming Joe Biden, saying that, yeah, everything that happens in the country is in some ways a response to the policies of the leadership. And he says in the United States, you can't even you walk outside and you're shot before you open your mouth. Obviously, that's an exaggeration, though, in certain areas of Chicago, I'm sure it's probably true. So, yeah, we're a national embarrassment, not because we have rights and liberties, but because we have politicians who encourage leftist violence, who defund and want to defund and demonize the police and then turn around and blame all the law-abiding citizens when the sky when, when the crime skyrockets. I want to play this clip, but first I want to take a real quick caller. We have Scott on the line. Scott says he doesn't own a gun, but the violence that he's seeing in his area is making him rethink it. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing, Max? Pretty good, pretty good. So you don't own a gun, but what you're seeing is making you rethink it?
4: Well, I, I kind of grew up in a household with a lot of gun violence, like a lot of negative percussion due to to guns. I, my dad used to make me sit in the basement and reload his ammunition for him. So uh, it, it's not really a good thing for me. Like, I'm, I'm not a big advocate of guns in my own home, but I am 100%. Like, if you want to own one, that's cool. That's on you. I love this burner HD that you guys have been advertising. Like I've been looking into that because it's non-lethal. That, that's amazing. Um, but I, I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we've got we're, – we're getting ready to set record homicide levels in over 10 years. You know, people – I listen to you guys on a regular basis. I, I, I work graveyards, so I, I – subscribe to the audio cast. I, I rarely get to listen to you guys live because I'm rarely up during the daytime. <laughs> um, but I'm one of those unfortunate mid, mid-class guys that got to work their guts off and give the government all of our money. Um, huh. it, 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 it's it's unreal. Um, and, you know, we're, we're facing 61 homicides and we're not even six months into the year. Um, yeah. it, it, we had three homicides in less than nine hours just this last weekend.
1: Happy it, Juneteenth. It,
4: it's, it, happy Juneteenth, right? <laughs> Fly your flag or whatever you're going to do. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. You're eat, drinking all yeah. and and Mickey. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, what's crazy is what you you don't live in Chicago. You don't live in New York. You don't live in Newark, New Jersey. You don't live in Camden, New Jersey. You don't live in Oakland, California. You're, you don't live in an area that traditionally has violent crime. You're, there are cities around the country where you look at it, and they're, they've been off the charts for violent crime for decades. You don't usually think of New Mexico. Obviously, there's the Breaking Bad it's a depiction of New Mexico. Oh, I think that's yeah, that, a little, a that, little that, off. That, that's that's that, a a that, gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Um, just want to mention that because a lot of people, that's their only impression of New Mexico. But th- put that all aside. New Mexico is not a very, very dangerous place. Um, it, it shouldn't be. I mean, it, it's a lovely I mean, place. I've been it, there a it, few for, times. It,
4: it, for for the most part, I, it, you know, I, I actually kind of live in a suburb. Of Albuquerque, and and 98, we were actually ranked one of the top 10 safest cities in the nation. One of the fastest growing cities in the nation. Uh, you, you know, Intel is right here. They've got a factory right here in town. Um, and it, this violence is unreal. It, it, yeah. You know, we've got we've got a woman that was literally shot in her car, in her driveway, on the way to work. Yeah. Because the guy was trying to steal her car. Like it's it's unbelievable, and and I hear you talk about it all the time because it, you know you're you see it all the time because you know you're in Texas, so you you see this border crisis issue and and everything that's going yeah. on. But we got Ms. Thirteen guys all over the place. We got 18th Street guys all over the place. The the, the gang violence is unreal, and they just don't want to do anything about it. Nobody wants well, to do remember, anything about it. They, if, it.
1: If if you remember when Donald Trump went after Ms. Thirteen. Nancy Pelosi complained that Donald Trump referred to them as animals and started getting all theological and saying, don't you, I, don't you see their, their humanity? This is a gang that literally chops people's heads off and then leaves the head, the decapitated heads in children's parks, just to send a message to the neighborhood. I mean, these people are animals, but the Democrats defend them. And say, oh, gotta, you can't I, call you. them animals.
4: I, 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 I'm a factory worker. Okay. I, like I, I turn ranches for a living. I'm a factory worker. I work side by side with guys that tell me stories that would horrify you. Like I'm two and a half hours away from the border, So and nobody's talking about, everybody's talking about Texas and Arizona and so on and so forth, but nobody's talking about the New Mexico, you know, Michelle Lujan Grisham, our governor down here. She's a joke. She's a complete joke. Like, we're one of the last states to completely open. It, 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 she just destroyed us. And it, 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 those of us that are legitimately trying to fight and feed our families are fighting against this. There are herds, herds of people coming across the border that are taking our jobs, that, that they'll work for pennies on the dollar. It, it's
1: unbelievable, no. Max. It's No, it's real. Albuquerque is and, just and- it, it's- and, and and you say that you turn wrenches for a living, and I know, I know it's a, it's a joke. It, that, that's that's important work, right? If it if it was not important work, um, it wouldn't they wouldn't be trying to get so many people to do factory work to do manufacturing work. I mean, that was booming under Trump. You say that people are coming for your jobs, and the left always loves to say, "Oh, well, no, they're they're only going to be gardeners or or maids," which kind of shows you the racism of the left where (laughs) they're like, oh, no one wants those jobs. Blue cow workers Uh, will stand to lose a lot. uh, Yeah. I
4: I made three times the amount of money when Trump was in office from, I've worked for the same company for about 10 years now. And under Obama, I didn't make pennies on the dollar. Pennies on the dollar. Trump came in, manufacturing started booming, I started making money, we bought a house, like, Life got good, you know. Yeah, I, I fly a flag in my front yard that says, "Don't blame me. I voted for Trump." <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I, I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to belittle the work. So I don't. I hope that doesn't come out this way. But your job no, is not no, 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 no something no, that okay. it, it, they it can't totally okay. your, your job is not something that is safe from immigration. Right? I I don't think no. we're, an illegal alien is going to take my job on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. But it, like, no, it, if they legalize. If they legalize illegal aliens there are people who will all of a sudden have a green card and they will have factory experience they will have mechanical uh, mechanic experience right they will have some of that work with your hands experience and then you're going to be competing with someone who's brand new fresh legalized willing to do the work for half as much as you're getting paid so it, it's a exactly. real risk I don't want I don't to get too far into immigration um, but it's a real risk for lots of different industries that people don't even realize, because when you legalize people millions at a time, you only need one who knows how to do the job you're doing and is willing to do it for half as much before you lose your job.
4: Well, but, but, but here's the thing, Max. Here's the thing, Max. When, when you put somebody, you legalize this immigration, you let all these people flood across the border. And I talk to these guys all the time. I work with guys that have been here. 22, 25 years that went through the process the way they were supposed to go through the process. People from Durango, Mexico, from Juarez, from Tijuana, uh, they come up here and, and they do it the right way. And they work their guts off to get where they're at. And they are absolutely infuriated that, yeah. that people can just come across the border just like that and steal their job up from underneath them. And and it, it it's the thing is, is you're working right next to a guy that has uh, raped and pillaged to make his way where he's at. You, yeah, you don't, don't
6: know. know. You, don't you know. might be working. Yeah.
4: You you might be working next to you know C D G cartel. You might be working yeah. next to it, it, a guy that would slit your throat, cut your hands off, and send them home to your mama. You 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 yeah. know what I mean? Like you, these, you have no clue because dangerous. you can't
1: you can't do a background check. First of all, an American company can't do a background check on someone who lived in Central America. It's just not doable. Right, that's not the same databases, it won't happen. Also, you can't do a background check on someone right. who has an alias or uses an alias, right? It's just not, most people don't have aliases these days. Like you don't hear that all that often, but to get into the country, a lot of people give false names, false identities. They have they have false fake uh, paperwork. So yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, you, you, you like to presume the best <laughs> of someone, but you literally, that's what being undocumented <laughs> means.
4: There, there's guys right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, for five thousand dollars will sell you a social security card and an identification. <laughs> like if yeah. you got the money, yeah. you can be legit. That and, part of Breaking and, Bad and, is and real. Part, <laughs> yeah, that part of Breaking Bad is real. Like that ain't no joke. That that really does happen. Um, that, I'm sorry, but it does. And when they're done living here, then they pass it on to their primo, their cousin, and now yep. they got the same identification. And it, it's just, and it, 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 as far as his gun control thing goes and, and all of this, like what they don't understand is they're creating the narrative. They, they have told all these lies and, and they've, they they have mobilized people to become violent and it's, it's, it's not okay. And, and I'm, I'm scared. You know, you guys talk about yeah. it all the time. I'm scared of where this is coming from. You know what I mean? I've got, a four-year-old son and a two-year-old daughter and i'm just trying to keep them safe and in the meantime i'm not a big firearms guy you know what i mean but like i said i I work graveyards i'm gone for 12 hours a night i go to work at seven o'clock at night. i come home at seven o'clock in the morning i work my guts off to 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 provide for this family and while i'm gone if one of these jerks decides to come through my front door what's my wife going to do yeah Hit him with a yeah, baseball
1: it's, it's, bat. It, it's scary. It's like, it, nah. it's it's absolutely scary. So I would encourage you to to go to a shooting range, take a class, try a gun out. I, I know you say you, you don't you're not super comfortable around guns. I mean I'm gonna read the Berna ad right after I get off this call with you. Uh, but Berna, there's there's oh, not many okay.
4: I, I, I know I know I know you're all about segues. I know you're all about. it. Yeah, this is the perfect so I segue. Will help you this out. Is the perfect segway. real quick, with the segue. <laughs> I will, I will help you out with the segue. I already ordered my Burna HD. I got my ten percent discount. There
3: you go. I, you I, go. I
4: paid three hundred and thirty dollars for the Burna HD. There you go. I got the orange plated. I cannot wait go. to put it in my wife's <laughs> hand and let her play with it for a little bit. And it, it, it I, I I'm super ecstatic about it. I watched all the videos. I I'm I'm all about it. Okay. I should just and have I you know, read the ad. I know, this is great. I know I know for a fact that Ganny Sparkles is watching right now, and I just want her <laughs> to know. I just want her to know. Please don't come after me with your machete or your hatchet, <laughs> okay? Because I'm yeah. kind of scared.
1: All right. Uh, well, well Scott, I appreciate the call. Uh, thank you so much for calling in and uh and ha- have a great rest of of your day. Thanks for thanks for the endorsement no, for the uh the Burn HD. No problem.
4: No problem. No problem. <laughs> you have a great day, man. Thank you so much for All taking right. my call and, and I really appreciate your time.
1: All right, no problem. Thank you for calling in. Wow, what a segue. What a segue. And that that we didn't set that up. We didn't set that up. That's someone who sees what's going on around them, realizes that they need to do something, isn't quite sure about whether taking that leap to a firearm, they're ready for it. Yeah, which is fine to each their own, but they recognize that they want to be able to defend themselves and they want their wife to have something to defend the household when they're out working. What a segue, which is why I'm proud to mention, very proud to mention, sponsored this week by Berna HD. Burna HD is not technically a firearm. So make sure you check your, your local laws to, to figure out how they treat it. It's not technically technically a firearm. It's an incredibly powerful self-defense device that will allow you to protect yourself and your family. Starting at just $359, the Berna HD allows you to protect yourself without having to take a life. It's it's not a firearm, it's an incredibly powerful and effective self-defense device that uses pepper, pepper and gas, and kinetic hard plastic projectiles that will subdue an assailant for up to 20 minutes, giving its user enough time to escape. With an effective range of 66 feet, the Burna HD is more effective than pepper sprayer stun guns that have an effective range of 10 feet or less, currently adopted by law enforcement and private security firms across the U.S. to de-escalate stressful situations before having to resort to lethal means. Over 50,000 consumers across the country have chosen the Burna HD as their self-defense option, including Sean Hannity, who's a loyal customer and has featured Burna HD on his show, non-paid, and describes his experience as a Burna HD owner by saying, I've been telling people I recently purchased the Burna HD. You hit somebody with it and it instantly stops them, but doesn't kill them. So you're going to want to make sure you go to their website, www.burna.com, B-Y-R-N-A.com. And when you use promo code CONSERVATIVE10, all one word, conservative one zero, you'll get a 10% discount on your purchase. Now, that cannot be combined with any other offer or discount. So again, go to Burna.com, B-Y-R-N-A.com, and use promo code CONSERVATIVE10, just like Scott did, and you'll get 10% off your order. Yeah, I love that. What a, What a segue. What an incredible segue into an ad. <laughs> That's how you know this guy's a, a long-time listener. So we're getting up towards the top, the top of the hour. So I want to show you how CNN is covering this gun control push because they're using the same kind of messaging, same kind of fear mongering, fear tactics as they did during the pandemic. Notice that the the side of the screen no longer has how many people are being killed by coronavirus. It has the gun violence statistics. Let's play cut number eight. And
4: critics of uh, this new video recording law uh, that you have are are furious uh, about this. They say it's a big brother move that violates uh, the privacy of gun owners. Uh, What
1: do you say to that. Well first uh, just about every gun store I know already has a video camera somewhere in the store like many retail outlets do. So this isn't a huge intrusion. I think we all know we're on video when we go into retail stores. The point of recording a transaction of course is to crack down on straw purchasing. And that is a common way for gangs and criminal organizations to get guns. And if you're gonna violate the law to get a gun, you're almost certainly gonna violate the law with the gun. So
4: we need to, the first thing we need to do is make sure that guns don't get into the hands of those who we know are gonna
1: violate the law.
4: And your proposals make uh, valid arguments for responsible uh, law abiding.
1: Josh, trying to message you, Facebook just went down. Can you yeah, see what's going my on my whole
0: Facebook is gone completely down. Um, I can't get into it. I can't log into it. I can't get it to load on my end. I'm sorry. And I was trying to text you, which I've been trying to show you. And for some reason, I I can't even get in to see what's going on. It's just not loading at all.
1: It's letting me in. Um, It's just saying it's gone. So can we try resetting the stream for Facebook, or is it impossible to do while we're live?
0: Oh, I'm going to try here. Um, I I just, all of a sudden, I couldn't even do anything on Facebook. I was going to. Answer questions. So let's let's restart. Yeah,
1: it, it's showing Facebook is just completely completely down. Well, that gentleman was the San Jose mayor. Let me make sure I, I get his name. I don't want to mispronounce his name. The mayor of San Jose. Uh, he is. Why can't? I, why won't? Why don't I pull up? Bring me some Sam Licardo. Sam Licardo is name. Sam Licardo. We're not banned on Facebook. I don't know what's going on. Um, Sam Licardo is the mayor of San Jose, California, and he was there talking about this new local law that requires every gun store, every gun store to, oh, the video ended, I guess we're going to start it up again, requires every gun store to have a live video camera showing every purchase, they say, so that you can tell when there's a straw purchase and catch people who are buying guns illegally. Well, I mean, I, I, I highly doubt that they would allow a camera to observe everyone who walked into an abortion clinic or, or walked in to register for a Black Lives Matter permit. I don't think they allow that. But for gun stores, it's okay, I guess. And if that name sounds familiar, it probably, it should. Sam Licardo made news last year when he decided he wasn't going to allow gun stores to open as essential businesses. And uh, this is one of those nice moments where to, to pull a clip for this moment from last year, I get to pull a clip of myself. Here's a clip of me on OAN talking about this mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo, closing down gun stores. Let's play cut number nine.
6: Gun stores across the country are being targeted by the left. The sheriff in Wake Forest, North Carolina banned all pistol sales due to, quote, unprecedented demand for weapons in his county. The mayor of Champaign, Illinois, signed an executive order, giving herself the power to ban sales of firearms and ammunition. The mayor of San Jose, California, admitted that they just don't want people buying guns. The governor of Pennsylvania shut down gun stores with an emergency order, only to revoke that order after widespread backlash. The governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy, banned gun stores from staying open and shut down background checks, effectively stopping law-abiding citizens from having the ability to purchase firearms. In California, there is currently a battle raging over whether gun stores are deemed essential businesses and therefore allowed to remain open or whether the government can shut them down. The sheriff of Los Angeles said, gun stores are not essential businesses. He ordered their closure in line with Governor Newsom's lockdown order, citing improper social distancing among the deluge of first-time buyers at the gun shops. But Town Hall's Julio Rosas said, he visited the gun shops in question and people were spaced out six feet apart. He says the sheriff's excuse to shut down gun stores was BS. And apparently the county legal counsel agreed because according to Fox L.A.'s Bill Malusion, the L.A. County Sheriff's Office has suspended law enforcement efforts to close gun stores because legally gun stores can be deemed essential business. So with me now to break this all down, advocacy director of conservative daily Max McGuire. Max, thanks for joining me. good to see you again. All right, Max, I think there's a reason that so many people are rushing out to buy firearms, weapons and ammunition because the government is proving to us that they will exploit a crisis to restrict or completely infringe and violate and take away our constitutional rights.
1: Yeah, people are afraid and people are rightly afraid. This isn't like the panic buying in the past where there's a tragedy and people are afraid of legislation coming down the pike. These are people who are under shelter in place orders in a lot of these places around the country and are afraid that the police won't be there to protect them. Under normal circumstances, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. You can only imagine how much longer it would take police to get to your house in a lockdown like this when they have other duties around the, the city or the state that they have to attend to. So people are, people are worried. People want to protect themselves. And what they're finding is that they should have been voting for gun rights all along because when they need their rights, when they desperately need to be able to exercise their rights, there are politicians standing in the way.
6: Right, and it's not just the fact that police might be busy with other things. Many police departments around the country have been given stand-down orders not to make arrests when it comes to so-called nonviolent crimes. Some of these crimes very serious crimes, even if they're not crimes against somebody's body. There's also prisons that are releasing inmates into the community. People feel a need to protect themselves, to defend themselves, because the police aren't being allowed to do so under order of politicians during this crisis. So in Southern California, there is a debate going on about whether gun stores are going to remain open or whether they're gonna be shut down in line with Governor Newsom's order. Newsom himself refused to clarify this afternoon in his press conference as to what his uh, stand down order actually meant and whether or not gun shops are essential business, even though he wrote that order himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting when we see that these orders are being implemented. Another quote that's been attributed to the L.A. County Sheriff was that he was concerned that all the people buying guns were new gun owners. And he actually, in one of the quotes that one of the outlets picked up, he was concerned that the statistics say when you're a new gun owner and you have a gun in the home, that increases the likelihood of you getting shot. So you see people, they're not actually using these claims of that you're going to spread the virus, you're going to be cl- too close to people. They're claiming that the right shouldn't exist, that in these these trying times that they should have the right to just blanket, remove your ability to defend yourself. In North Carolina, it's particularly egregious because the Supreme Court in 2008 said that Americans have the right to purchase a handgun. Law-abiding Americans under Heller versus D.C. have the right to purchase a handgun. In Wake County, North uh, North Carolina, the county sheriff has just completely suspended that. You cannot get a permit to purchase a pistol in that county because he says too many people are trying to get pistols. Listen, if, if a lot of people are trying to exercise their rights, that's a pretty good indication that it's the time to be able to exercise your right.
6: Right. And by by the way, it's a 250% increase in demand All right, for pistol it, purchases. Let's cut it there, Mr. W- producer.
1: Just want to give you guys a taste. It's one of those rare moments. Everyone's like, wow, he looks so young. It was last year I'm saying, wow, great hairstyle. Same hairstyle I have right now. I appreciate compliments, I do. <laughs> uh, but this was one of those rare instances where I got to naturally show a clip of me on the news um, to talk about this this Sam Licardo clown from San Jose. But you see what they're doing with, with the, the side of the screen on CNN. They're trying to paint the picture that everyone's being shot dead around you. Which yeah, there's a lot of violent crime. And yeah, it, it, homicides, violent crime is crazy, but they're trying to fear monger. And then they're coming in and saying, well, it's, it's it's gun owners fault. So they say that the biggest threat to the country is white extremism. And now they say that the, the cause of the gun violence surge is legal gun owners. Noticing the trend. We're going to talk about this on the other side of this short break, and hopefully Joe Biden will be speaking soon. Hopefully he actually doesn't speak. Hopefully he just forgets and never signs his executive orders. That'd be great. But we'll be right back on the other side of this quick break and see if Joe Biden is speaking yet. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Ronald Reagan famously said that our freedoms are never more than a generation away from extinction. Conservative Daily exists to make sure that never happens. With our community of 700,000 members, we fight every day to hold Congress's feet to the fire and stop them from surrendering our rights and freedoms. The fight to take this country back is not over. Please join our movement right now by going to conservative-daily.com and clicking the subscribe button to sign up for our free call to action newsletters. We have a chance to save this country, but only if we all work together. Again, this is conservative-daily.com Don't forget to hit the subscribe button at the top.